What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Gold Diggers podcast on the Gold Standard Podcast Network. I am Rob Stats Guerrera. It is Friday. You know who's here. Mimosa Michelle. Michelle Majuk, what's up? Hey, hey. No mimosa today, so I'm sad. But I have a soda water. Not as fun. I'm in a transformation challenge thingy at the gym. So for eight weeks, I have to be good. Boo. Boring. Yeah. Now it's the, we need you on your game, Michelle. I guess soda water. I don't have a lot of confidence in today's show. I'm going to still try to bring the heat. You know, uh, if you guys watch the after show or the instant reaction <laughs> show after the game, I think I drank enough that day um, to hold me over for the next like year. Uh, so I think I'm good. Michelle texted me afterwards and asked me, was I on the show? I don't <laughs> remember. Was, you were on the show. It you was s- a rough. It was a rough day. I started early and that game drove me crazy. It made me drink uh, espresso martinis. I started going with that was never a smart option, but I was a psychopath during that game. The 49ers made it way too close. I wish I could say I remember the full game, but I don't really. Nick Ellert, YouTube channel member. Shout out to Nick and all our YouTube channel members. Nick says, let's go. Mimosa Michelle will bring some optimism. Feel like a lot of negative talk recently. Oh, yeah, I'll bring lots of there is no reason for them to lose this Lions game whatsoever. Oh, good. We need a little positivity. By the way, uh, if you want to become a YouTube channel member, please do. It's less than three dollars a month. It's a great way to support the channel. Plus, you get custom emojis, you get membership badges and you get priority comment response. If you want to go to our second level, our good as gold level, you'll get access to our 49ers and five update the second it's done. That has the most up to date injury reports and press conference clips and radio interviews. Everything you need to know to be caught up on the 49ers every single day. You'll get access to that as soon as it's done at night rather than having to wait until the next morning. Oh, Michelle. Every time I think about this game, I get a stomachache. Like I'm like uh, I'm like Cheaty in The Good Place. I don't know if you ever watched that. Uh, the Good Place, yes. But Cheaty. Cheaty Adagonye, the guy who can't make decisions. And every time he has to make a decision, he gets a stomachache. Like, that's how I feel. Is he the? I, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I got you. I got the you. The philosophy yeah. professor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm it's- not nervous for this game. I, I'm really not. I think they got their bad game out of the way with the Packers. They could not play. They could not have played worse for most of that game for for the 49ers. There's a lot of teams that could have played worse than what the 49ers put out. But for the 49ers, they could not have played worse. They got through that game. They got through the rust. And I think this game, they're going to be absolutely fine. The Lions secondary is trash. And I think Brandon Ayuk's going to blow up. And I think Brock Purdy gets back on track, has a huge game. And I'm not worried about Jared Goff coming in to San Francisco and beating them on the road. Do you know the last time the Lions won uh, on the road against the 49ers? No, it's been a while. Take a guess. Well, they don't really play that often. Uh, Early 2000s? 1975. (laughs) (laughs) That's the last time they beat the 49ers on the road. Game plan on Twitch says, love the confidence Michelle's bringing. Is she drinking liquid courage already, a.k.a. alcohol? No, she's not. She's drinking soda water. Vinny V says, soda water is the only kind of water we drink in the 49ers household. But most of Michelle, H-E-B has all the flavors. H-E-B? I don't know what H-E-B. It's the grocery store up in uh, Texas. It's a great one. Ah, Great. It's, It's huge. It's nice. It's pricey, but it's good. We're going to dive into this game. We'll get into our best bets, which Michelle has a bunch of best bets. So you could tell Michelle is confident because she's got like five best bets for this yeah. week. We're going to dive into all of that. Mm, Michelle, 
tell me more about Jared Goff being bad. That's what I need on this Friday. Just, just help me. Okay. There are some things I want to talk about, about just championship appearances for these two teams or for the 49ers uh, in particular, but we can get into Jared Goff here because I think the biggest key will be to put pressure on Jared Goff. And I know you guys, you and Levin talked about this a bunch yesterday, but Goff is really, really good without pressure. The only quarterback who's better without pressure this year is Brock Purdy. So they have the top two passer ratings without pressure this season, including the playoffs. And Jared Goff has been on a roll, right? His last three games, he has five touchdowns, zero interceptions, averaging nearly nine passing yards per attempt, averaging Ooh. nearly 300 passing yards per game. This is the opposite of what I want, okay, Michelle. Okay, okay, okay. But 73 and a half completion percentage. So he's been on his game. But the 49ers, if they can put pressure on him, he is a completely different quarterback. So including the playoffs, his completion percentage drops by 23 points from no pressure to pressure. His yards per attempt drops from 8.1 to 6.5. His pass touchdown ratio is three touchdowns to eight interceptions this season with pressure. Three total passing touchdowns and eight interceptions. 30 touchdowns, four interceptions without pressure. And his passer rating drops by 55%, 55 points, sorry, 55 points from pressure to, from no pressure to pressure. That's the highest difference, highest drop off by any quarterback this year, including the playoffs. So the 49ers and Nick Bosa, they need to put pressure on Jared Goff. And if they can do that, I'm not worried about this game in the slightest. And they should be able to, especially because the Lions defensive line is not at 100 percent. Their left guard is going to miss the game and the replacement that filled in gave up like seven pressures in less than 30 pass blocking snaps last week against Tampa Bay. Now, some of that was because he was going against Vitavea, who's an absolute monster. But the Niners should be able to get pressure on Jared Goff. And I saw a good article on NinersNation.com from Kyle Posey where he dives into some of it. And I have to say, I didn't realize some of the things in this article, but Javon Hargrave has been a lot better than I thought he has been this year in getting pressure and getting pressure quickly. He's actually been pretty high up on the list for defensive tackles. And yeah, here it is. Next gen tracks quick pressures when you win in under two and a half seconds. Hargrave tied for the fourth most quick pressures among all defensive tackles this season. 92% of Hargrave's snaps this year came against the left guard who's the weak link right now on that Lions defensive line. If you can get quick pressure up the middle against Goff, that is the most disruptive thing the 49ers can do on defense. That will just, that will go miles and miles to slowing down this Lions offense. Yeah, and I think those injuries to the Lions offensive line, like you brought up, are absolutely massive. They're in the middle, and it's two really great guys that they're used to having there. Jonah Jackson, pro bowler a couple of years ago, but he, like, he's a solid, solid guard. He's going to miss the game. I don't know if it's official yet, but it, it seems pretty unlikely he's going to play. And then pro bowl center and all pro. I mean, he was a second team all pro this year. I know that doesn't technically count, but he's one of the best centers in the league. Frank Ragnow, he will play, but because he played through this injury last week when he suffered it. He yeah. suffered a sprained knee and ankle <laughs> and he missed, I think like a couple plays and then came back in, played the whole thing. He looked like he was in a lot of play, pain. He says he's going to play, but like, I don't care if you have a sprained knee and ankle, you are not going to be at the top of your game. So Hargrave and Eric Armstead, like these are guys that have to get pressure up the middle. And there's really no reason that there's no excuse for it because typically the lines have a really solid off the line all the way across, but especially in the middle there, but with these injuries, they should not. 
Frank Ragnow once played through a fractured throat. And that's like a, a real thing. Like, just first of all, that's the most center name of all time. Frank Ragnow. He sounds like a Viking warrior. Like, he just sounds tough. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he is. I don't think he actually missed a snap last week, believe in, even with those injuries, because I think he got hurt when the Lions scored a touchdown. So then he like came out, and then by the time they got the ball back, he, he was good enough to play. The dude is a monster. But as Kyle Posey also pointed out in this article, he has allowed the highest pressure rate of his career this year. So, again, you know, maybe there's some vulnerability there, but any pressure at all up the middle will be mad. That's what this Niners defensive line is supposed to do. If you can get pressure up the middle, especially quickly, you're going to, one, force the quarterback to move to the edges, which ideally he'd be moving right into Chase Young or right into Nick Bosa. Or if it's golf and he doesn't really move, then he's just going to go down. But they haven't been able to consistently do that. If they can do that in this game, there's no way they lose. No. And then also just to consider Jared Goff splits at home in a way. Now, this will it's supposed to be good weather, thankfully, yes. right? But so it's not something that Jared Goff has to worry about too much. It's supposed to be like 70 degrees and like perfect that day. Mm-hmm. So it's going to feel like probably a dome environment. But for whatever reason, when he's outside of a dome, he performs completely differently. I don't think it's going to be that drastic because, like I said, the weather's not supposed to be bad. But that's a whole nother aspect of it as well. It better be freaking good weather. Give me just good weather. Weather is an equalizer. And that's exactly what you don't want when you have the better team, which the 49ers clearly do. Nick Ellert, YouTube channel member, says, Rob, Goff's last three games against the Niners, he's thrown a pick six. Fred Warner, Javon Kinlaw, and Dre Greenlaw. Well, let's keep that trend going, man. He also threw a, a pick six to Hufanga. That wasn't his last three games, but I know when he was with the Rams, he threw a pick six to Hufanga. So uh, he's got a history there. I think he has seven interceptions in his career in Hufanga's nine Hufanga's been playing for the 49ers that long? No. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. You're that was Matt Stafford. It was Stafford. The pick six, I'm thinking. So it was two similar plays. It was kind of like a throw out into the flat. Warner had one, which Nick mentioned, and then Hufanga had one on a screen, but that was Stafford. That's my bad. Sorry about that. Uh, Mr. JKD Rob says, hey, Rob and Michelle, can't wait for Purdy to ball out and shut all the haters up. My criticism of the coverage this week has been that the media is acting like Brock Purdy is the only one that had dropped interceptions last week. Jared Goff threw a ball right to a Buccaneers defender in the end zone last week. That is a real thing that happened. And the dude dropped it. Like Lamar Jackson threw an interception right in the hands of the Texans in the end zone and then ended up scoring on the next play. But that's what I mean, at that point in the game, they were tied 10 to 10. The Texans intercept that. That's a completely different game. So, yeah, everyone. This is my thing with Purdy is he has to have a great game. Uh, an amazing game for people not to talk crap about him, for him to get any respect that week. If it's even just a mediocre game, it's, is he a franchise quarterback? Oh, Purdy stinks. Purdy's just a game manager. Purdy can't get it done. Yep. It's I've never seen a quarterback that every single week he has to be fantastic because there's so many weeks of that, right? He has so mm-hmm. many amazing weeks. And one time, any once in a while, he has a down game. It's the, the disrespect, man. I think he has a great game this week. Even when he does everything that they said he couldn't do all year, he checked all the boxes last week. They still don't want to give him any love. Robbie 439 asks, Michelle, percentage-wise, how much a part of you is a Steeler fan and how much of a part of you is a Niner fan? The Steelers will always be my number one love. And I'm so I go crazy ballistic for the Steelers and like have meltdowns during games all year long. 
I will say like for the 49ers, I am a huge fan and I'm rooting for them hard, but it doesn't come until the playoffs where I become a complete disaster. Like if you would have seen me during that Packers 49ers game, I was with friends and they've never seen me in a, like around like a a game I cared about so much. Mm -hmm. And I legitimately scared them. I was getting so frustrated during that game, but also so happy when they did good things. Um, So during the playoffs, it's, I am full, full, like crazy 49ers fan. Good. That's what we like to hear. Uh, Nick is carful yet. And by the way, thank you, Nick, for reaching out to me and telling me how to say his last name. I appreciate that. YouTube channel member. I hate butchering people's names. And this one gave me trouble. So I appreciate it. Nick says, why do all the talking heads make golf out to be so much better than Purdy when he has comparable playmakers? Can't wait to see what trash they make up about Purdy after he has a good game. I think that Purdy has better playmakers overall than the Lions. I mean, the Lions have Gibbs. And they have Amon Ross St. Brown, and they have Laporta. Well, that's pretty good. They're not quite as good as the 49ers, but that still is pretty damn good. That's true. Yeah, no. Uh, Goff has really good playmakers as well. I guess you're just missing the Debo Samuel on their yeah. team. Who Everybody is. That's the problem. I mean, yeah. uh, I forget who it was. If with who was Grant or it was Levin. Somebody was like, yeah, the 49ers need to look into. It was Grant. He was like, they need to look into, you know, drafting another Debo Samuel. And I was like, yeah, well. Every team is literally trying to do that right now. Like I will say Amon Ross St. Brown has the second most yards after catch in the NFL since 2021, only behind Deba. And they're not that far apart. So Amon Ra does have that ability. He's not quite Debo, not quite as strong, but he uh, a little bit quicker maybe and able to get those decent chunks after the uh, after catch. This is the saddest comment we've ever gotten. Steven Duckett, YouTube channel member, says, Stats and Michelle, I don't think God will take my dog from me and have the 49ers lose within days of each other. Steven, I am so sorry if you lost a beloved member of your family. That is horrible news, especially, it's horrible news anytime, but like you said, during the playoffs, it's even worse. Yeah, I'm so sorry. My dogs are my children, so I can't can't even think about that but i'm really sorry to hear that and you're right there's no way the world can do that to you you're going to get a 49ers win this week i got you chris thank you very much for the 50 dollars super chat hey stats last couple days you've talked about the lions mindset being happy to just be there do you think the 49ers could be tight from the idea that we have to make it happen this time things like that notice defenders playing out of the system at times i do i go back and forth on both of the mindsets for this team because i think one side of me looks at the Lions and says, like, hey, maybe they are just happy to be here. Like, literally, this hasn't happened for the Lions in a really long time. And there is an element to that, especially if the 49ers get a lead early, right? Maybe some of the Lions are like, hey, you know what? Like, the 49ers are the one seed. They're a great team. We've had a great year. We'll be back next year. I'm not saying every member of the Lions, but I do think for some that might start to creep in a little bit. Yeah, it's a completely different situation for both of them, right? Like The Lions haven't made it since 1991. The 49ers have made it a ton, but the issue is the 49ers can't get over that hurdle of winning the championship, right? Uh, so right now, Kyle Shanahan has the highest playoff win percentage by any head coach to not win an NFL championship or Super Bowl in his career. The second highest was 49ers head coach Jim Harbaugh. So uh not a great little stretch here. Uh, 49ers have reached the conference championship in each of their last seven playoff appearances. 
That is the second longest such streak all time behind only the Patriots from 2011 to 2018. They won three Super Bowls during that time. Mm. The 49ers ha- uh, also did it 1988 to 94, six uh, straight or six seasons. They had three Super Bowls during that streak. And then the Raiders had a six season streak as well. They won two Super Bowls during that streak. So the 49ers are the only ones sitting there with zero. Uh, and then also just looking at the 49ers, this will be their seventh conference championship appearance since 2011. That is the second most in the NFL during that span. Patriots are the most at eight, three Super Bowl wins. The Chiefs have the third most at six. They have two Super Bowl wins. And of course, the 49ers are sitting there with zero. Like there, there's this hurdle here. They have to get past. But then also just bringing up the Lions have only made one conference championship back in 1991. But the difference between 49ers 18 appearances and the Lions one, that is the largest difference in championship appearances entering a championship game all time. No one, there's never been a championship matchup over 13 as a difference, and they're at 17. That's the flip side of the argument, as Chris points out in this super chat i worry about the lions being loose and aggressive and us taking on kyle's tight b-hole personality there is an element of that a lot of these guys have been to these championship games nick bose has been to all the championship games you brought up recently the four out of five there could be an element if the lions get up early of oh my god we're letting it slip away again how could we keep screwing it up how does this keep happening this is what i'm saying this is what i go through Every time I think about this game, Michelle, all this stuff goes through my head. I'm not sleeping. I get in, I break out in cold sweats. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Like I literally, thank God it's only two more sleeps. Cause that's, that's all I have in me. I'm really not worried about this game. I cannot picture Jared Goff and the lions going to the Super Bowl. I cannot picture them coming into the 49ers house and beating them in the NFC championship. I think they've already well outperformed expectations, right? There was a lot of people who were high on them. Like they were a, a team that was considered a very high playoff contender this year. But after that, if they made the playoffs, if they won a playoff game, that was a great season for them. Then they won two playoff games. That highly, like they hit all their expectations. They made the NFC championship. No one's expecting them to win this game. And maybe that does make it a little scary. But at the same time, I just, I think the 49ers got this. They got it in their bag. Obviously, Debo playing is huge. And Mm -hmm. if Debo's out, that could be a a big impact. But it seems like he's definitely going to go, right? I think he's going to go. He he practiced yesterday. He was limited. Uh, I loved the 49ers injury report yesterday. Kyle Shanahan, Debo limited, everybody else full go. That was the whole injury report. Like, Damn, that's exactly what you want. Greg Madsen says, absolutely love Michelle's positive attitude and incredible courage to speak the truth. We got this. Go Niners. Also, Purdy Fly for a white guy. Shout out to you. Says, going to my first ever game at Levi's on Sunday for the NFC Championship game. Any advice? That is for your first game to be not only a playoff game, but to be an NFC Championship where the Super Bowl (laughs) is on the line. That's insane. I have never been to a playoff game for any of my teams in any sport. So I can't even speak to the environment that it's going to be like. Have you been to a playoff game? I'm trying to think if I've been to a Steelers playoff game. I've had to have when I lived in Pittsburgh. I would think I had to have. Um, trying to think. I don't know. It's got. Uh, I've definitely been to like NBA playoff games, though. A ton with the Cavs during the LeBron era was a great time. But yeah, that's insane that this is going to be his first game uh, at Levi's in this NFC championship. Absurd. 
and look, I can't pretend to be an expert on what it's like at Levi's. I've literally only been to one game, and that was this year. But I thought everybody was really cool. I thought it was just like a, such a great environment. Um, I don't get the chance to see my teams play in their home stadium very often because I live in Connecticut and I root for the Niners and the Mariners and the Thunder. So to be in the home environment for me was like a totally new experience, but I thought everybody was really chill. I'd say get there early, enjoy the tailgate. I think the tailgate's going to be on another level on Sunday, especially with the good weather. So my advice would be get there early and just soak it in because like who knows if you're ever going to get to do that again. Do the 49ers have a good tailgate? Well, like I said, I've only ever experienced it once, but I, I, from what I saw, it looked pretty sweet. From what I smelled, uh, because what, like I, you know, I've been to many Bills tailgates. Obviously, we know those are insane. I used to live in Cleveland. The Browns tailgates, most fun thing of all time. They have a wow. muni lot. Oh, it gets crazy. Some of my best memories in life are spent in that muni lot uh, for the Browns tailgates. I wouldn't even go to the Browns games. I would just go downtown or like (laughs) we would all walk downtown and just go to the bars afterwards. But you still go to the tailgate. A blast. Uh, I'll say the Steelers tailgates are kind of lame. Really? Compared to the Bills and the Browns, for sure. But I don't know what the 49ers tailgates are like. The Bills are on a, that's just a different level altogether. Nick Eller says, my first game was Cowboys Niners NFC Championship in 1995. Man, that is a legendary game to go to. Tim Johnson says the Niners can't beat the Ravens or the Chiefs, so this game is pointless. Oh, stop it. Maybe, maybe not, but I'm not worrying about that now. That's that's three weeks from now. I'm worrying about Niners, Lions. That's where all of my focus is. And I think they would 100% beat the Chiefs. The Ravens obviously would be a lot more nerve-wracking, but they just got their butts kicked. They're going to figure it out. They're going to make changes. It's not going to be the same blowout again. They're going to... I think I think that blowout would be only a good thing for the 49ers if the Ravens do end up making it. Vinny V says, oh, yeah, Mimosa, we don't jump off tables, but blue lot and green lot tailgates are awesome. Green lot is closer to the stadium. So there you go. Uh, Purdy fly for a white guy. There's your advice. Maybe try to make your way to those spots if you can and uh, enjoy the send tail- us some pictures on Twitter. If you guys yeah. do end up tailgating at GSN 49ers, we'd love to see it. Absolutely. Um, OK. Let's get into some best bets, Michelle, because you've got a couple extra this week more than normal. I've got a lot of mine are Lions bets, which are really weird. Uh, I didn't plan it out that way, but that's sort of how it ended up. You know what I'm going to ask you. I want your most confident best bet. I think this is the easiest one. George Kittle over 61 and a half receiving yards. Uh, he's hit this in eight of his last 11 games played, has hit this in each of his last six home games. He's had 75 or more receiving yards in each of his last five home games. So it's really this. He only made 62 yards. This is a smash for me. I know Debo is going to play, but you would expect him to be a bit limited. In the two games Debo missed this year, Kittle had 78 yards, 149 receiving yards in the divisional round with Debo going out pretty early. Kittle had 81 receiving yards. But even just last week, uh, Kate Otten for the Buccaneers, like Kate Otten had 65 receiving yards against the Lions. They are weak in that area. George Kittle can definitely, he should 100% have more than 62 receiving yards. Yeah, they don't have linebackers that can cover in any way, shape, form, or fashion. And we know... Kyle loves to put linebackers in a blender. So I totally understand this. The only thing it comes down to for me is targets. If kid, if you told me right now that Kittle's going to get four targets, I would tell you, I'm pretty sure he would go over this number. I don't know that he's going to get four targets because if Debo is there and Debo is anything close to functioning at the level that he normally functions at, that usually doesn't leave a lot of touches for Kittle. So that would be my question. 
but also we've seen George Kittle get two targets in a game and hit this over. I was, I mean, with Debo, I mean, these are the last, I guess last week wasn't with Debo, but mm -hmm. these are his targets at home games, 11, nine, five, 10, and then seven last week, 149 wow. yards, 89 yards, 76 yards, 126 yards and 81 yards. So he's getting targets. He's getting the yards at home, even with Debo there. So in other words, Rob's an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. Make this bet. Yes, exactly. Uh Exactly. That was a very, very nice way of you saying that. <laughs> uh, Chris Waddell, thanks again for the super chat. Uh, you are a superstitious fan like I am. If they make the Super Bowl, will you not feel weird watching it somewhere else? I definitely would. Oh, there's no chance I watch the game from anywhere else. I am in my spot. I got my butt imprint on my couch cushion there. I got my, I'll have my pad in front of me. I'm not watching it from anywhere else. No way. Zero chance of that. I would never go to a Super Bowl game live. Never, ever, 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 ever. I'm almost kind of happy I have to work the game, the championship game and the Super Bowl uh, if the 49ers make it because I was off right on Saturday. I was able to go out and have fun. And that just escalated my um, nervousness and craziness. Like I almost gave myself a heart attack and I don't need that. So when I'm working, at least I have to be chill. I can't be like down in mimosas and espresso martinis. You know, I think that's good for me. I think that's good for my mental health and, and me watching it at home. I can be crazy, but then, you know, other people don't see it besides my wife. And I think that's good for me. Here's how nuts it was. Michelle is sending me all caps texts last week during the <laughs> I game. I don't even remember this. So, And she is crushing Kyle Shannon. Keep in mind, it's like the Niners, I think, are down three to nothing in the game. And she's, this is what Kyle does. If he doesn't win, I'm going to murder him. <laughs> text after, like a machine gun. My phone is just, tush, tush, tush. And then I look up and I go, Michelle, it's seven nothing Packers, calm down. And then I look again and I realize it's not seven nothing, it's three nothing. Your negativity made me think the 49ers were down by more than they actually were in the game. When you make me look like the calm, reasonable one during the game, that's how you know you're over the edge. Yeah, I'm calm, reasonable, and optimistic before the game. And then once the game starts going, I am a crazy person. So, yeah. Yeah. We really need one of those. Like we need one of those classic Niner games, get up by multiple scores early and just snowball them. That that very easily could happen in this game. Like I'm sitting here nervous, but like if you told me that that's what happened, the Niners put up their usual, you know, 30 plus points, like that would not surprise me in the least. But it's a one game situation. It's the NFC championship game. It's I can't if this game was in week six, I'd be like the Niners are going to stomp them. But it's not in week six. It's the NFC championship. Yeah. And I think, can I give you my second one? And then I'll let you give one. Sure, this sure. is the way I think that they stomped them. And I think he needs to have a massive game and it's Brandon. Ayuk. He did not come through last week the way I thought he was going to. Right. But I think this week, this is the week he needs to not just have an 80 yard game. I'm talking 150 yard game. Ooh. So this is what I'm saying right now. I have two kind of big bets for him and I'm going to say them both here. So most receiving yards in a game, we got plus 170 for Brandon Ayuk, and I like that. So that means on both sides, he has to have the most receiving yards among all players in this game for him to win this. And then also, there's a special bet for him, and he has to hit 150 or more receiving yards and score a receiving touchdown in this game for plus 1,000. He has only done that one time in his career. It was week 11 of the season against the Buccaneers. So, of course, it's it's not going to be easy but i think there's a chance for him to have a monster game and this is the reason why so first off 
the Lions have allowed an opposing player to have 140 plus receiving yards and one plus receiving touchdown in each of their last five games, including the playoffs. Wow. That is the longest streak in NFL history of allowing a player to do that. <laughs> they broke the streak. They broke their own streak because they did it in 1963, four straight games. That was the last time someone's done it, 1963, four straight games, and they allowed five straight games in 2023. So Justin Jefferson went off in week 16. Uh, C.D. Lamb went off in week 17. Justin Jefferson again went off against them in week 18. And then Puka Nakua in the wild card round. And then Mike Evans in the divisional round. This is Brandon Ayuk's turn, and he needs to have a monster game. That's an incredible stat. Uh, Chris Sims has talked about how the not, the Lions corners gamble sometimes and they leave opportunities, especially outside the numbers deeper down the field. Yep. We've seen Brock be willing to make those throws normally. So if they're there, Brock hopefully will throw and and make those plays. And we look, Brandon, I, you can do it, man. I mean, God, even last week, I know we only had three catches. Two of them were incredibly difficult and important in the game. They were massive, massive catches. Um, that's a lot, though. You, that's like a parlay, basically. Well, yeah, the the plus one thousand one. That's that's a hard one to hit. That's that's you know that's gonna be a difficult one. But I do really, really like the most receiving yards in a game. Like I feel pretty good about that. And that's plus one seventy. So still a really nice little payout there. Yes, uh, Chris Waddell, real quick says, Rob, I thought you were going to Vegas. I don't know if I'm going to Vegas. So full disclosure, the league denied our credential request, but they said if the Niners make the Super Bowl, I can reapply. So if the Niners make the Super Bowl, I will reapply. But even if we go to Vegas, I'm flying back on Friday. I'm not staying for the game. So I will be in my house, in my spot, watching the Super Bowl. There is no chance I will be anywhere else for the Super Bowl. So just want to throw that out to people. I want to go to Vegas so bad. Maybe I can get credentials for us. Yeah, why can't you get me a credential, Michelle? You know, you work for NFL Network. I don't know, but I really want to go to Vegas. That sounds like a lot of fun. Uh-huh. Uh, Rick Diaz says, hey, Rob, I like your T-shirt. I can only see a little bit of your T-shirt, which you get it. It's nice. I like it. It's the NBA Jam. This is an homage T-shirt for anybody. It's the NBA Jam Jerry Rice Steve Young shirt. Uh, if you want to go find it, there's a link in the description of this episode. So just click that link and please use that link because we get a commission on that. So if you could please click that link instead of going to Google, uh, we would appreciate it. But it'll bring up right to the Niner page. They have a ton of good stuff. Michelle's wearing an homage sweatshirt right now. If you like Michelle's uh, sweatshirt. They definitely have good stuff. I highly, highly recommend it. All right. Let's go to one of my best bets. I hit on this one last week. I was very, very excited about it. It took a little longer than I thought it was going to to hit. But you know where I'm going, Michelle. I'm going Christian McCaffrey. Two or more touchdowns in the game. It's plus 135. You can't even, don't even bother with betting on Christian McCaffrey to score one touchdown. It's like minus a million. Yeah. It's not worth your time. But if you bet him to get two or more, it's plus money. And to me, this has to be a Christian McCaffrey game. I keep saying it. I don't want them to go four downs ever without Christian McCaffrey touching the ball. There's just no excuse not to do it. He's never had a bad game with this team ever. It's it's always good. We're always sitting here saying like, damn, man, Christian McCaffrey is 120 yards from scrimmage. I think he's going to get it. I think especially when they get into the red zone, I think Kyle's going to want to minimize risk. He's going to want to give the ball to Christian McCaffrey because I think he knows the importance of touchdowns in this game. So I'm taking Christian McCaffrey to score two or more. Could be rushing, could be receiving. If he throws it, it doesn't count. It's got to be rushing or receiving, but I think he's getting it. 
Yeah, it's always hard to hit too, right? And this is the thing. I think they're going to get a lot of big chunk plays. So those chunk plays are going to have to get brought down uh, before hitting the goal line for CMC to then get those touches near the goal line. But of course, he could always hit it. I will say, uh, I I do think this is going to be a struggle for McCaffrey on the ground. I think he needs to be used a lot as a receiver, but on the ground, the Lions have one of the best run defenses of the league, second best actually this year. They have not allowed a single running back to hit 70 rushing yards in a game this year, including the playoffs. I think that's pretty amazing. Uh, Kind of absurd for the Lions, who we've known to be such a bad run defense, right, over the years to not allow a single running back to have over or to have 70 plus. But they've also allowed under 90 rushing yards in each of the last six games for the full team. So they haven't even allowed a team to rush for 90 yards in any of their last six games. Now, it's probably because they're getting destroyed through the air. But again, that's what I see in this game happening as well. Tampa Bay did have 89 yards last week for the record. Um, yeah, but they haven't. They've allowed under 90. <laughs> that's true. Uh, Rashad White averaged 6.1 yards per carry. So I feel like well, he had that one big chunk play. Yeah. And he sucked everywhere else. I mean, they were struggling on the ground. I would like to see the 49ers like, don't let them dictate to you. Don't just say, oh, they've got five down linemen. Guess we can't run with Christian McCaffrey. No, bleep that. Run it. Pound it on them. Stop. No, it. throw it deep where they suck. Why, why give them what they're good at? Because I think you're supposed to be a running team, too. And you're supposed to be able to run against everybody. So let's do it. Like, don't just give up. I don't want to see Brock Purdy throw 38 times on Sunday. I don't. I want to see Christian McCaffrey run the ball. That's why I was so pumped last week on the the go-ahead touchdown if you look at that play michelle everybody's up on the line of scrimmage for the packers like they they were preparing for christian mccaffrey to run it they were begging the niners to throw the ball in that spot and kyle shanahan was like nope we're gonna run it now it was third and one i think or third and two so i think you know that probably helped kyle run it in that spot but i love that they did it and mccaffrey broke he's basically untouched he had one tackle to break for the touchdown just because they have people close to the line of scrimmage doesn't automatically mean the run's not going to work. And in some cases, you you know, you break one tackle, you may have a huge play or a touchdown. Yeah, that's the thing is he's going to have to have that big play, right? Because I actually, so one of my best bets is taking the under on Christian McCaffrey's rushing yards. They have him at 86 and a half. And like I said, they have not allowed a running back to hit 70 this year. So that's still a 17-yard gap. He has, to, he has to, A, have the most, and I fully expect him like he could have the most among all running backs against the lines like that wouldn't be shocking but he has to have seven actually 18 more than any other running back this year that's that's a really decent gap and what you just said like Christian McCaffrey has been hitting this total from those big uh big runs last week he had a 39 yard run outside of that it was 59 yards on the game um not you can't take away his big run that was there it existed and he would you would lose that bet but i'm just saying and then in week 16 because he was you know hurt 17 out 18 uh but in week 16 103 yards on the game but again he had a 39 yard carry so those huge carries are really bringing up those totals it's not to say you can't have it but the lions have not allowed those big runs this year so it's going to have to be that they he gets one of those big chunk runs against a really hard rush defense Strawberry React says the Lions have only played like two top 10 rushing offenses this year. I haven't actually looked into that. It is something that I've seen some people say. But, you know, if you're built to be able to do something, you should be able to do it against everybody, not just the bad teams. If you can only do it against the bad teams, then you're not good at that particular thing. 
Like, that's what I would say. And I think the 49ers are a You're good just looking run. at this list quickly. I mean, they played the Ravens, held Gus Edwards, they, uh, you know, played Josh Jacobs, held him, played Kyron Williams, held him to 61, um, played Alvin Kamara, held him to 51. Like, th- there's there's players here. It's not like they played all trash. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so you have an under. Michelle, like, never takes an under. That is, like, a legendary. I wouldn't even mind taking his over for scrimmage yards. That's funny. I think he could get a lot of receiving yards. Yeah. And, again, I don't think he's going to be terrible on the ground. But I could see him getting around 70, 75 instead of hitting that 87. That's a lot of rushing yards. I had a conversation with JT O'Sullivan about 45 minutes ago that I haven't had a chance to edit. I'm going to put it up on the YouTube channel, though. And his basic point was he thinks the teams and probably the Lions are going to, if Christian McCaffrey is not in the backfield, they're just going to start treating him as a wide receiver. They're not going to treat him as a running back um, because he's just too damn good at where he is. And so, but if they have that kind of hard and fast rule, he thinks that that might sort of lessen some of the confusion that sometimes defenders have against McCaffrey when they move him around. So we'll see how Kyle Shanahan adjusts to that. Um, Again, you can't, this is not a, this should not be a 17 point performance by the 49ers. You need 30 on Sunday. You need 30. This is the best offense Kyle Shanahan has ever had with the Niners. I think by a pretty wide margin, just watching Brock Purdy play. The the Lions defense is not good against the pass. Put up 30, put up 30 and leave no doubt. That is what they, that's the tagline that they have said, right? Leave no doubt. Well, here's your chance to actually freaking do it. I mean, yeah, I would love to see a 49ers offense just like destroy it in the playoffs as well, right? Under Kyle Shanahan, their offensive performance in the regular season versus the playoffs, a huge Mm -hmm. difference. And obviously you expect somewhat of a drop off. You're playing harder teams, harder defenses. But in this case, you're really not playing a harder defense. (laughs) You're, You're really, really not. So there is no reason for them to not perform like they did in the regular season. Like I both teams are going to be hyped. I'm sure the Lions defense is going to come out strong. Like they have good players. They have players that are going to come out uh, with a lot of fierce and, you know, like hit hard. That's going to happen. But at the same time, they don't have enough playmakers in that secondary to cover all these guys. Brock needs to snap out of it, man. He said he got tentative after throwing that almost interception in the Packers game. Don't, don't get tentative, man. Now's not the time to clench up. Now's the time to let it go. Um, my next best bet in this one, I'm going Eric Armstead, at least one half sack. The reason being, it's plus money, plus 120. So if you bet $100, you win $120. So I love that number. Plus, the Lions are banged up on the interior offensive line, like we talked about. Armstead's going to be over left guard, I'm sure, at some points. Javon Hargrave will be there. Both of them could get pressure, possibly. And he only needs a half sack. He doesn't even need a full sack in this game. And Armstead generally is a guy who has elevated his pass rushing in the playoffs. So I feel pretty confident that Armstead can get at least a half sack, even if it ends up being one of those right place, right time type of things. Yeah, I really like that. With their injuries in the middle of the line, he should definitely have opportunities to get. So his line set at, what, 0.25? And he literally only needs a half of one with someone? Yes. Yeah, love that. Yeah, exactly. And I just think that, Goff doesn't move that well either, too. Like, that's a huge factor also. So if anybody gets pressure, you know, he, he's kind of stuck. So come on, I Eric. I feel bad for Goff because I think he probably struggles in this game. And I, I do feel bad when people Why do you feel bad? Because I, Jared Goff, I think, does get too much hate sometimes. And I think he is a pretty solid quarterback. But I don't think this is going to be a good game for him. It is so weird. Like, you touched on that. 
I feel like people are looking at Jared Goff like, oh, he's the underdog because he's on the Lions team and he was traded. It's like, number one, he was traded because he was the biggest reason the Rams didn't win a Super Bowl. Number two, he's the former first overall pick. The underdog quarterback in this game is Brock Purdy. He's the last pick in the draft. He's a third stringer that doesn't even see the light of day if two guys in front of him don't get hurt. Yet we are treating Jared Goff as if he's like this, you know, hard luck case. Like, no, man, no. The underdog is 13, not 16. I think the the Lions are just such underdogs, right? And I, I get the whole storyline with golf was thrown away. And if you were to make the Super Bowl with another team, I get I get both sides with the underdog. It's just harder to to put that on Purdy because if he wins, you're not gonna be like, Wow, this underdog story. It's like, well, the 49ers had the best odds to win the Super Bowl heading into this season. So it's not it doesn't feel like an underdog story. But he's the ultimate, the only other quarterback that's more of an underdog than Brock Purdy is Kurt Warner because Kurt Warner was undrafted. That's it. In NFL history, we're talking about. But you're right. It doesn't feel like that. That's why I keep saying Kyle should tell the 49ers that America doesn't want them to win this game. America wants wins to win. Right. Use that for motivation. Give me a little extra juice in this one to get the most out of your team. Chris Waddell says, it seems like the... Niners stopped doing all the misdirection, pulling lineman type stuff, even juice and Kittle coming under the line for blocks, run, run, pass. I think that they were going to do all that stuff if Debo had played last week. I really think Debo on the ground was going to be a big deal for the 49ers last week. We talked about it on the show. Debo had something like 46 carries in nine playoff games. They really like to to go to that. Um, I don't know if they'll do that as much this week, Michelle, with him not being 100%. Yeah, Devo going out probably messed with a lot of the plans. And I don't know how you run with him this week. I mean, it's his shoulder. He's going to have to use that (laughs) as a runner. Uh, And I I just don't know why you'd put him in that position. So I I don't think he'll be using that way. But that would be a really sneaky way to use him if he is feeling fine, because the defense isn't going to expect that. So if he is feeling up to it, then maybe we see a carrier too. But I would like him to stay safe and not re-injure anything. Well, here and here's the other part of it, too. Like for some other players, it might be like, hey, I got a banged up shoulder. You give me the ball. I'll catch the ball. I'll get down. I'll catch the ball. I'll run out of bounds. Debo's not doing that. Debo is not only is he not going down or going out of bounds, he's stepping back to the middle of the field. He's lowering that shoulder and he's trying to plow into you. So even if he plays, which I believe he's going to play. Can he last the whole time? How effective can he be? What if he has to reach up high for a ball over his head? When you've got shoulder problems, you don't want to be extending your arms and reaching. So I'm fascinated to see exactly how much he is capable of doing, how the Niners use him. Is he going to be maybe just a decoy and, and not really do too much? I don't know. Yeah, I do worry about the whole extending your arm thing because that mm-hmm. could come into interceptions, right? If he can't get his arms up high enough, maybe it tips it. That worries me, but maybe use him on shorter routes so you don't have to worry about that as much. I do expect him to be mostly used as a decoy in this game. Maybe they can get him wide open on a couple of plays. Like I said, deep down, like the the Lions stink at covering downfield. So if they can get him open down there, maybe you you give him a chance and kind of protect him in that way. But this has to be Brandon Ayuk stepping up and showing that this is his team as well. And it's not doesn't just come down to Debo Samuel being healthy. I completely agree. Uh, you, He made number one wide receiver plays last week, even though he didn't have a lot of catches in the game. Now we need number one wide receiver production. Let's yep. see it, B.A. Uh, let me give another best bet since I just did the Armstead sack one. I'm going to take the Aiden Hutchinson sack. 
He only needs one. It's minus 110, which is not really terrible. Uh, it's not plus money, obviously, but we all know who he's going against. Poor Colton McKivitz. That man is doing the best he can. But unfortunately for the Niners, the best he can is not very good. Aiden Hutchinson is he's a really talented player and he's a really like a Max Crosby effort type of guy too. very high motor. Um, I, I just, I can't picture him going through this game. If the only way he doesn't get a sack is if Brock Purdy just works some freaking magic. Cause you know, Aiden Hutchinson is going to be in the backfield. Yeah. Uh, Hutchinson has three sacks, eight quarterback hits this postseason. He has eight sacks over his last four games. He's on a, a really good streak here. So I would expect him to get a sack as well. Can we talk about Bosa though? Cause Bosa's on a really bad streak and not even that he had a bad game last week. He had five quarterback hits. Like he was getting there but not getting there all the way like he didn't uh he had zero sacks he's had zero sacks over his last four games played uh he hasn't had a sack in the playoffs in any of his last four playoff games either so he needs to get it going in these important games and uh, yes i will take the five quarterback hits he's getting pressure he's that's great but i would like to see him come down with a sack or two in this game pressures are cool sacks are better they yeah. just are like, you know, we, we sometimes we've swung too far in the other direction when we discover like, Hey, we could keep track of pressures and stuff. And it turns out that, you know, maybe we discovered some things that we didn't give enough credit to before. Now I feel like we've swung way too much in the other direction and people are like, ah, sacks don't matter at all. It's like, no, no, that's not the case either. They're still important. Maybe just not as important as we once thought. Yeah, when TJ Watt has like five more sacks and so many more yeah. everything than uh, Garrett, but Garrett's going to win MVP because of those QB pressures. <laughs> you hate Miles Garrett. I love it. There is over 200 people watching right now. Thank you, everybody. Please like the like the show, like the channel, please. That helps more people discover us. If you want to support us, that's one of the easiest things you can do. Subscribe. If you are new to the show, we do it every Friday. We break down every uh, matchup the 49ers have from a betting and fantasy perspective, obviously during fantasy season. We're going to have plenty of draft coverage, of course, in the offseason as well. I don't want to mention that because... We got plenty of time to deal with that. But just, you know, if you're new here and you don't know what we're about and some of the things that we do, just want to let everybody know. Um, Okay. Another best bet for me. I saw this one and it blew my mind. I'm not taking it as a best bet, but I have to mention it. Did you see Brock Purdy's longest completion number in this game? No, I didn't. I saw Ukes was all the way up at like 28 and a half. Brock's longest completion. The over under is 40 and a half yards. That is so long. That's half the field, basically. Yeah, that's how bad the lines, though, are on these. Uh, they, they allow the second most yards per pass attempt. I, I could see it happening, but are you saying the under? Uh, I wouldn't bet on it, but I just the number just jumped out to me so much. I wouldn't take the under or the over, uh, but I just had to mention it. Uh, shout out to Toleteer on Twitch. We love Twitch. Love the show. Listen every week. We appreciate that. Hopefully... Uh, more people join you in that. That would be fantastic. Um, okay. Do I have another best bet? I'm going to take golf at least one interception. It is minus 150, which I hate yeah. the odds. But I just, to me, it's like, it's going to happen. I just, I just feel like I, it's a guarantee. And so if you're telling me I could make guaranteed money, I'm taking it. I had love at least one interception last week. He gave me two. And Jordan Love hadn't thrown an interception in so long. Nope. Take it. The Niners are tied for the league lead in interceptions in the regular season. They're going to get one, whether it's crazy Greenlaw or Charvarius Ward. Goff is going to be under pressure at some point. Maybe it's only the first quarter. Niners are getting one. Book it.
Yeah, add it to a parlay so it's not so pointless with the minus yep. 150, but add them to it because it seems like a pretty easy bet there. And Vegas agrees is an easy bet, right? Yes. Because that's why the odds, you're, you're not winning much money on it if you hits. And yeah, I mean, if the 49ers don't get an interception in this game, that's mean they didn't get enough pressure on Jared Goff. And that means the game is probably pretty close at the end and we're sweating it out. So hopefully the 49ers create pressure get Goff into an uncomfortable state, and that's when he throws interceptions. Amen. Jared Poulter points out that Nick Bosa did tackle Jalen Hurts on the one-yard line in the NFC Championship game last year, but they said that Hurts was going forward, so they called him a runner, so it didn't go down as a sack, although it was still obviously a very good play. I still think Hurts doesn't get enough credit because Bosa's going to tackle him for a safety, and Hurts just basically uses his legs and fights his way out of the end zone. Like, he did that against Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa is not a weak man, and Jalen Hurts still fought him off. I thought that was an incredible play by him. You mentioned a parlay and adding that golf bet to a parlay. I actually did come up with a little bit of a Lions parlay. Okay. Let me get your uh, perspective. So I had golf, at least one interception. I had Gibbs over 48 and a half rushing yards, and I had Sam Laporta over 48 and a half receiving yards. We have seen receivers go off on the 49ers, whether it's tight end, Trey McBride went nuts for the Cardinals, whether it's wide receivers, Puka Nakua, Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams. Teams can have big games against this 49ers defense, and it's we're talking 50 yards here. That's not even like a massive, massive game. I think Laporta is going to be the number one target through the air for Jared Goff, so I feel confident in that, and all three of those, by the way, are plus 495. So if you bet $100, you win almost 500 bucks. That would be my little Lions parlay for this game. I really like that because I like all those bets in there. Uh, I actually have one with Laporta as well. And this is a combined player one. So it's George Kittle and Sam Laporta to have a combined 15 receptions in the game. Ooh. Now, yeah. So I did Laporta last week, nine receptions. That was a rookie record. No other rookie tight end had had more than six receptions in a game before. And he got nine, which is just incredible. But to not even just mention that one game, do you know that Laporta might has a very easy chance of having the second most receptions in a rookie season among all positions? Uh, like uh, including wow. the playoffs. So right now he's at 98. The only guys above him are Anquan Bolden, Terry Glenn, super random, Jalen Waddle, Jamar Chase, and Puka Nakua. He needs eight more receptions to tie Jamar Chase in his rookie season. And then he really, I mean, if he, if they ended up making the Super Bowl, I guess he would have a chance to beat Puka Nakua, but that's not happening. We don't have to worry about that. But he needs eight receptions in this game to tie Jamar Chase for the second most ever by any position as a rookie. That's insane for a rookie tight end. So I expect him to be highly utilized. I don't know how many re receiving yards he'll have, like how efficient he'll be, but I do expect him to get lots of targets and receptions. And like I said, Kittle's getting these targets and getting the receptions at home this year. So if Laporta gets his nine that I expect Then I only need six from Kittle. And I think I can get it in this game. Interesting. Yeah. I think Laporta is going to have to carry most of the water for that one, but it, it's he's Laporta is going to get the targets and you surprised me with how much Kittle has been getting targeted. I did not realize it was that high. So I totally understand your bet. Uh, James Welsh says Purdy and Goff will each have an interception. That is also a very real thing. Uh, I just, <laughs> it's so funny. Do you, you don't remember Terry Glenn cause you're too young. Yeah, I guess he did it in 1996. I was only five at that right. point. He was the seventh overall pick. Terry Glenn was a was oh, a okay. solid wide receiver. Only made one Pro Bowl, Super Bowl champ. 
The most famous thing I remember about Terry Glenn is Bill Parcells once referred to him as she in a press conference. Okay. Yeah, that's my Terry Glenn memory. But uh, sometimes it's just so funny. I'm such a sucker for those like name a random running back or name a random wide receiver on Twitter. Like I love those. And you just mentioned Terry Glenn. So now I'm thinking of like all, you know, older random wide receivers. you got my brain working. Yeah, I, it was really funny to see him on this list. I'm like, I don't know what happened to that guy, but he had a good rookie <laughs> season. Man, I feel like that is to me that that's a I would totally expect to see him on that list. And when when that becomes a thing, that just makes me feel old. When other people are like, who's this random guy? And I'm like, that's Terry Glenn. You don't know. That. And you're like, no, he made one Pro Bowl in the 90s. Sorry, I don't remember him. Hopefully that's not Puka Nakua in 20 years from now. Hopefully it is Puka Nakua. What are you talking about? I don't want to see. Puka yeah, I love fantasy football. So as long as they're not going against the, uh, the 49ers, then I'm rooting for all players. Do you have any other best bets for us? I don't. Those are my five. I keep five. That's a lot. Can you recap them really quick? Yes, I will go through them. So first off was the George Kittle and Laporta to combine for 15 plus receptions. George Kittle to have over 61 and a half receiving yards. That's my favorite one. Uh, Brandon Ayuk to have the most receiving yards in the game. Again, that's plus 170 on DraftKings. And then also they have a special bet for him where you can you get plus 1,000 odds if you want to bet on Ayuk to have 150 receiving yards and a touchdown in the game. Uh, and then Christian McCaffrey to have under 86 and a half rushing yards. See, that last one just makes me sad. He could still have a great game. He can have 70 rushing yards. 50 uh, receiving yards, have 100, like, and have touchdowns. It's just, I don't think he's going to have 87 rushing yards. So I'm judging this based on the entire 54 minutes that we've been talking, but I assume your final score involves the 49ers beating the Detroit Lions. Do you have an actual number for us? Yeah. 28, 17. 17. Oh, man. That would be fantastic. That's the kind of effort the 49ers need on defense. Give me some of that. Give me a lockdown performance. Oh, my God. I hope that will cover right. the threat as well. That seven and a half. I was yeah. a little bit nervous about saying that, but that number, 2817, that's what I'm going with. Ah, so look, sign me up for that. I, I'd, I would love to be here talking about a Super Bowl berth for the 49ers. And by the way, if that happens, the, the agita that I will have for the two weeks leading up to this, oh, it's going to be even worse. But that is a, that is a, state of being that I would welcome. I will suffer for the team to have the 49ers be in a Super Bowl. I keep telling people it's so different when your team is in the Super Bowl. Like I'll never forget the first Super Bowl I went to was 2012. It was Niners Ravens in New Orleans. And we got to the hotel and I went to the elevator to go up to my room. And on the elevator was Michael Crabtree and Anquan Bolden. And it just like hit me like, oh yeah, like this is the Super Bowl. It's just so different. I don't think people realize, especially, you know, it's been a long time since the Niners. Well, they were in a Super Bowl in 2019, I guess. But it's a long time since they won them. The coverage, every national show is talking about nothing but your team for two weeks. Like, it is such a different, wild experience. And we're, we're four quarters. We're two sleeps and four quarters away from it, Michelle. It's going to happen. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to be here. What was your final prediction for the score? Did you already say it uh, um, this week? I've done so many. I, I think I had Niners 35, Lions 28. Wow, really high scoring game. Oh, yeah. I want to see. I mean, Kyle's got to be in his bag this week, man. Yeah, but he, that means the defense allowed a lot of points. Hey, 
Sometimes that happens in a playoff game. I think especially now in today's football, good offense beats good defense. It wasn't always that way, especially when I was was a kid. But now I think it's flipped. I mean, Nick Saban said the same thing. Good offense beats good defense. So I, I, I think the Lions are going to be able to score some points. Robbie 439 says, Michelle, do you have uh, what's your pick for the AFC championship? Listen, I, there's no winning for me there. I do not want to see Patrick Mahomes win again. Like, I'm so sick of it. I don't want to see him in the Super Bowl again. And I really don't want to see the Ravens, obviously. Um, I would, I'm going to end up rooting for the Chiefs, but I think the Ravens win. You're a Swifty. You don't want to see two weeks of Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey coverage? No, I don't. I don't, I don't either. And not because I love Taylor Swift. I just, I, yeah, I don't mind them showing Taylor Swift, but like I could just go listen to her songs that I love. I don't know. I don't need that. But I just, I, the Chiefs weren't even good this year. It's not fair. So, like, <laughs> I, I don't know. But I don't have, like, I, if, if you told me that it could be the 49ers versus the Ravens and the 49ers would beat the Ravens, 100% that's what I would want. Um, because then I would love to watch the Ravens lose in the Super Bowl. How fun no. is that? Yeah. But I don't like, the, I'm already going to be so terrified during the Super Bowl for the 49ers uh, when they're in it because they're going to be in it that if it's against the Ravens, that adds so much more pressure for me as a Steelers <laughs> fan. Like, I'm going to throw up during that game. Like I'm not going to be okay. I don't know if I, I, I can actually get through that game. I am legit sad that at most we only have two more games left in this season. Like I don't want to go to the off season. The, uh, I want more football all the time. MG is a clear Ravens fan. He says, did your good offense beat the Ravens? No, but the Ravens good offense beat the 49ers. So my point still holds a good offense beats good defense. MG. Like, I just think that that's how the rules all there's one rule that favors the defense in the whole sport. And it's the ball fumbling through the end zone and everybody freaks out every time it happens and they want to change it immediately. That's the only rule that favors the defense. They can't even get one. I will say it's a, it's a difference of defenses, right? The Ravens have just such a good defense right now. That's why the Texans have a really good offense. Although I will say on the road versus at home, it, completely different. So people like don't take that in consideration. That's what I was saying with the Browns, right? Their defense at home versus on the road were so different. That's why the Texans beat up on them. But then the Texans had to go on the road and play against a really, really good defense at home. In Baltimore, yeah. Yeah, but this... Yeah, this one, I don't think the 49ers are the same defense as the Ravens. They have the capability. In any single week, they have the capability of being the most dominant defense in the league. But we also see they're inconsistent, uh, yeah. not even game to game, but drive to drive. Uh, and if they can have one of those games, they're absolutely dominant. They're, then they're going to beat the Lions like 40 to 3. But I'll give them a, a few points here with 17. I'm being nice. There you go. And I don't want to like the the Ravens are really good and I, having to choose who to play. Let's, let's just like, man, okay. I'll get when Patrick Mahomes is like the lesser of two evils. That's how, you know, the Ravens are really freaking good. Uh, before we go here, James Welsh says, Michelle, I think your Kittle receiving and yard predictions depends on Aiden Hutchinson and Colton McKivitz. Basically can McKivitz hold up, but he's not going to be on an Island. They're going to give him plenty of help. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully they don't keep him in too much to block. But at the same time, if you have Debo injured and you're kind of using him as a decoy, you need to get those. You need to have Kittle out there as a pass catcher. Yeah, but sometimes they use Kittle as a blocker, which scares me because it's the second best thing he does. But it could be chunk plays, right? I mean, right. he only needs three catches there. Maybe the reception with Laporta could be scary, but his over 61 and a half receiving yards. I mean, he only had four receptions last week, hit 81. That's what I mean. Yeah, he's he's 
gashing people. And the only comfort I take is like, this is not new. Colton, it's not like the Lions where their backup left guard is really bad. Colton McKibbitz has been bad all year. Like, this is not anything new. The 49ers are prepared for this scenario. They have faced TJ Watt. They have faced Miles Garrett. They have faced plenty of good pass rushers this season. And really, the only one I feel like that had a big impact on the game was TJ Watt in week one. He had three sacks. He had a force. He won by a gazillion points. And that's what I mean. So, like, you know. We and Aiden Hutchinson's the only guy you have to worry about on this defense right. when it comes to like being an amazing pass rusher. So they just put focus in on him. And even if he has a good game, like you just brought up, TJ Watt had a great game and they still destroyed them. You can let one person have a good game. It'll be okay. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully we are doing the instant reaction show on Sunday, immediately following the game. And Levin and I are drinking alcohol and popping oh, champagne and, celebrating a Niners Super Bowl birth. And we'll know by that point, the actual Super Bowl, because the AFC Championship game is first. Uh, Please join us for that. That's why I'd like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you click the little bell, you'll get notified every time we go live. We are live every single weekday for you. Uh, Like I said, immediately following the game, we hop on right away to celebrate with you, hopefully. So please, please, please join us for that. Michelle, I hope you have a fantastic Friday and a fantastic weekend. Let's go 49ers. Bye, y'all.